Well, greetings and welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fredland, excited to bring you today's show. We're going to take a little, little bit of a break from our uh, interviews we've been having and go back to something we used to do a while ago and uh, play for you a recorded conversation we had back in March of several of us recreational players talking about the concept of continuation betting. And so rather than always just getting what the top-end players are thinking about, give you a flavor for how we are discussing it as recreational players, and you can kind of compare and contrast and add your own thoughts and thinking to that and and hopefully engage in the conversation about what you agree with and don't agree with and those sorts of things. So we're going to just play this conversation from March. Uh, we're not going to interrupt it for commercials this time, so I want to take some time on the front end to really thank uh, Running Aces, who has become our official sponsor for the Rec Poker podcast. Uh, they've always been incredibly supportive of everything that we've done with Rec Poker, of myself personally, as well as All in for Africa, the charity tournament that I started and and manage as well. So just a real shout out to Running Aces. Uh, if you go down there and play with those guys, uh, I would invite you to grab Jim or grab any of the tournament directors or dealers and just tell them, hey, thanks for supporting the Rec Poker Podcast. Thanks for supporting what they're doing. It's improving my game. I enjoy hearing from the people. Just uh, encourage them uh, and thank them for the support of this podcast and helping make this thing possible. So thanks, guys. I also want to give a quick shout out to the Free Poker Network, who is also sponsoring this podcast. So with that, uh, the next hour is really just uninterrupted discussion uh, between several of the recreational players that I know talking about this idea of C-betting, continuation betting, in the context of tournament Texas Hold'em. So enjoy that, and feel free to reach out if you have any questions or comments, and we'll probably get back into the interviews uh, after this. Thanks. All right. Well, welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast. we got a pretty sweet crew of guys here to talk about c-betting a little bit so uh, uh let me just let me just i'm going to turn it over to taylor right away taylor okay. let's what's the topic what are we talking about today sure so i wanted to bring up the topic of continuation betting um it seems like it's a topic that's evolved over time i know when you read older poker books they say you should be continuation betting a lot and if you get even older uh, books than that they say you shouldn't be continuation betting at all and now it's kind of evolved into you should be continuation continuation betting most of the time but not all the time uh, so I just wanted to bring up the topic to the group kind of get everyone's thoughts about uh, when should we be continuation betting uh, what are the signs that we should be looking for if we should or should not be and then kind of if we do continuation bet and someone calls us what are our actions on the turn and the river so we can kind of plan that out and kind of be aware where we are on the flop and can you define just to make sure we're all on the same page like when you say continuation betting is it betting you know being the, being the first one to take aggressive action on the flop after being like the last aggressive action before the flop yeah. or is that I think the general term for continuation betting is pre-flop uh, you put in a raise you had a call or multiple calls, and then the action is checked to you on the flop, and then the continuation bet is you continuing your aggression on the flop after you showed aggression pre-flop, whether you have a hand or not. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's not, continuation betting is not you called someone and then you lead out on the flop. It's the opposite of that. You're the one being aggressive and you're continuing to be aggressive. So continuing the aggression. Yep. Okay. 
And so, what's your gut? I mean, are there is there like a magic percentage, or is it all like every poker player says it depends? Yeah, I mean, it depends, <laughs> right? Um, but I actually was talking about this a little bit with uh, Mike Engelhopped, mm-hmm. and we were trying to figure out, okay, when should you be continuation betting? And he uh, put out the idea that okay two-thirds of the time you should play your hand true and whether you have a hand or not you should bet or just check on the flop and then a third of the time you should just be aggressive and bet or something like that i may be screwing it up Mm. so hopefully he doesn't get mad at me if i say (laughs) something like that but essentially kind of being random but i think it's much more flop dependent on uh whether you continuation bet or not and that's kind of why i wanted to bring it up for the group okay because it's a good topic for me, especially. I just know that I'm, I'm people. How often do you continuation bet? I'm probably like ninety percent. You can't remember the last time you didn't. When I, when I, you know, when I don't continuation bet, I feel dirty. <laughs> and part of that, I, I think, because it does work so often, mm-hmm. and it disguises when I actually have a big hand, because people are like, oh, he's just c betting. Mm-hmm. Problem is, I only have connected a third of the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think myself personally, I used to be very f- fluctuating in terms of when am I continuation betting. Before, it was very, very low amounts, maybe only 40% of the time. Then I realized, okay, I have to be aggressive to win hands, and it floated almost right. all the way up to 100%. And then now I'm kind of going back down where it's around you know, 75-80% of the time I'm continuation betting. So we're kind of on the same path, because that was mine, super tight pendulum swings mm-hmm. now i'm trying to get where's the right balance i mean what about you what about you guys i mean as far as continuation uh, betting and what i usually do i it's about 50 50 for me wh- whether i hit on the flop or not um if i sometimes i'll check out if i do hit on the flop sometimes i'll uh, i'll, I'll pre- um, put out another bet see that um it varies a lot actually so uh it depends on how how the cards are going too Hmm. and how aggressive I want to be. And with my personality, it tends not to be overly aggressive a lot of the times because I truly feel if I keep the pot small that um, you know I'm going to survive the tournament a lot longer than a lot of other people will. And so you're willing to maybe give up some of that fold equity for betting for survival. Survival for and at the end. Pot yeah. control. Yeah, exactly. And so a lot of it for you depends. It's kind of what I'm hearing. Is sort of it's kind of a feel. It's kind sort of, a of thing feel more thing, than yeah. a, the, it's a standard. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the situation right. exactly, or here's the table image, right. or whatever. Depends on the person who I'm against too. Uh, if right. I always, if I feel that he's been aggressive throughout the whole tournament or whatnot, uh, I'll play some more hands against him. Hmm. So um, just just to take a bigger pot from him later on. But you think you're around fifty fifty? Probably fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'm probably a little higher than that. Um, it, it is flop dependent, and then it is opponent dependent. Because if you've got an opponent that is going to be a strong player that you know can float, mm-hmm. float the flop, if, they, if you know that they can do that, you're going to be more, um, um, you're going to continuation bet a little less because you know that they can float and come back. And the worst thing you can do is continuation bet and then fold to a turn, right. a turn bet. Or a re-raise. Or, yeah, or a re-raise, right. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do that. So if you've got some passive opponents and you miss the flop, let's say you raise pre-flop with ace-king, you get a couple callers, 
the flop is like nine high, you know it's probably hit their range better than yours, but the only way you're going to win that right now is if you bet and show strength, like you got the overpair. And then you that's when I'll continuation bet. There'll be other times where if I have like ace king and the flop comes queen, jack, seven, I might just check it back because I'm expecting somebody else to have something that they're slow playing against me mm -hmm. because that's the kind of range of hands that people are going to call me with. So those are the considerations I look at. And like you say, there's times where if I do hit, I'll continuation bet those times also because most of the time people don't believe you right. on your continuation bet. And sometimes you can get a lot of chips in when you're way ahead. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I look at. So I don't really have a percentage, I don't think. Mm -hmm. I try to be aggressive based on the opponent. And then, and then I look at the cards and how they hit my range versus their range. So you're maybe not going in with a specific percentage, but when you kind of look at look back at your history, how often would you say continuation building roughly? It's probably over 50%, probably mm -hmm. somewhere in that 60 to 70% range, yeah. I would think. Okay. It's more, I continuation bet more than I don't. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, you started, Taylor started this thing with flop dependent, and you mentioned that you talked about it just, so you're, you're saying, you're kind of looking at it saying, well, is that likely to have hit my opponent? If not, you're more likely to continuation bet. Right. Is that, when you when you introduced it as kind of flop dependent, is that what you were thinking, or are you thinking? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it, um, you kind of get in that moment, and like Carl said, there's that feel to should you continuation bet or not, and I know exactly what he's talking about. You kind of have that opponent read, or you, the flop came out a certain way, and you just want to check, or you want to bet in this certain spot, and I'm just trying to think about what are quantitatively those things that give us the feel of, yes, we should continuation mm. bet, or no, we shouldn't. Is it the flop texture, you know? talk about our range that we have as a pre-flop laser razor versus our opponent's range as the caller and how does the board connect with ours versus their range and it's kind of like how can we quantify that to figure out yes this is a good spot to see bet or no it's not so <clears throat> so if you have a a made hand and the texture is scary whether you know there's straight potential flush potential out there i assume you're more, more prone to see bet because yep. you're afraid of the draws, or you want to make the draws pay for something. Yeah. Is, is that yeah. one but of the examples? Or? I think my thought with the example that you just gave is if we do have a good hand, say it's ace-king, and the flop comes out king-high, but there's two to a suit or right. whatever it is, um, I feel like we should be continuation betting there. Right. Because we're going to continuation bet the high end of our range and probably also the low mm -hmm. end of our range. And is it that middle that we're actually checking back? And in the, so on the low end of the range, you're, so. you're low end of the range. You're betting because you're hoping fold equity kicks in. Yeah. High end of the range, you're betting for value or in hopes of getting re-raised or something. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Depends on how coordinated the board is. It really comes down to that. Whether you're going to basically, I don't know, put a strong bet out there. Really, I would think. But, you know, some people want to do that with nothing, so. Mm -hmm. And I see that a lot of with the pros and watching that on TV or whatnot. You see that, they have nothing. They got uh, two, seven or whatever, and they're they're still going thumbs out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why their chip fluctuation is just enormous. <laughs> it's just, they're at top, and then all of a sudden they're, they're, they're either gone or right at the bottom. 
mm -hmm. within a couple hands. No, they're willing to. That's yeah. that aggressive style of yeah, play. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It, on the flop, once the chips are in there, they're aggressively going after them, right. and it can lead to a very volatile game. You know, chip stack. Yeah. But at the same time, you're also getting that chance to have that high chip stack. Right. Because when you have that high chip stack, and then you're still aggressive. It's very hard for opponents to play back at you. Yes, mm -hmm. it is. Yep. I think <clears throat> one of the things that probably is a, a hole in my game, which leads to too much c-betting, is is I think I'm still in the mentality that I'm trying to win pots versus trying to like make the best value decision. There's I just heard a podcast about that. And I was like, I think that's describing me. Like, you know, I, I bet preflop. Say I open with king queen suited from middle position, and I get two callers behind me, and the flop is ten high. You know, I, I bet at it because that's what you do, right? I mean, you know, that, I'm not saying this is the right thinking, but I bet at it and I get a call, and then the you know the turn is a blank, and I'm like, okay, they must be on a draw. I'm going to bet at it again, and I'm because I'm trying so hard to win that pot, mm -hmm. versus really stepping back and saying, what's the right EV play here? And maybe it's maybe it's to make a bet, but I'm so I, I just hate that feeling of betting preflop and then just like giving up, yeah. Because I feel like I'm totally, especially against good players. If I check, they're going to bet, and I'm going to fold. Mm -hmm. And I just hate knowing... I know, and Rob's like, so, so what? what? You yeah. made the right play. <laughs> I know, but, I'm, but that's what I'm saying. I think my mentality... <clears throat> and I think maybe a lot of us rec players are in that mentality of... I'm, I'm trying whatever I can do to win this pot right here mm. versus thinking back. you guys tra fall into that trap, or you no, guys... I, I, I agree. Yeah. Okay, Carl and Rob are saying... Yeah. No. I'm I, saying goodbye to my wife now. Bye, Tracy. <laughs> I, I definitely agree with what you said though I used to have that mentality that I have chips invested in this right. pot I'm going to win this pot but I have recently kind of backed off of that and gone more to the rob of so what it's mm -hmm. just one hand I don't want this hand to define my entire tournament mm -hmm. I don't want to go short stacked or bust out because I wouldn't give up on my king high and Carl's saying the same thing same exact same thing but mm -hmm. it's, it's so yeah. tough because I, you know and I, I totally agree. That's where I think I want to go. Mm -hmm. Part of it is is that idea of I don't want to give up in this pot. Part of it is I know that that works to triple barrel, and you pick, you know, and not all for certain opponents though. I know, and that I it just happened to me in a tournament the other day. Yeah. I was playing the double stack at night, and I had like queen nine of clubs, and it was limp, limp, limp. You know, everybody like bet two hundred or you know called the two hundred like six limpers, and I'm on the button, so I just make it like twenty two hundred. Boom, you know, I get three callers. Okay. <laughs> you know, Steve threw. Well, right. And it was like it was like oh, ace God. ten something. So there wasn't ace on the board, which clearly my opponents could have, but clearly I could have as yeah. well. Yes. You know, I hadn't been really active in that thing, so I so I I barreled at the at the flop and I get a call. And I barrel, I triple barrel all the way down with Queen High. You know, never got there and the guy did call me down with ace three. <laughs> You know, and I'm like, oh, I didn't expect Ace Three there, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's where it's like, okay, was that the wrong play? Because I think a lot of opponents will eventually fold an Ace Three when I showed so much strength all the way through, yeah. but against the right opponent, exactly. And it's I, opponent and, and now what had he been doing prior to that? Well, and Dan Shogren, I think he, you know, Dan, I think, oh, you know, okay, yeah. he, he's sticky that way. I mean, he, I think he, once he gets a read, he sticks with it. And he said, "You're about where I put you," so he didn't really care about the three kicker or whatever. Right. He just. His read all along was I was just making a play. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so kudos to him. But I think if I really thought through who the player is, I do think I would have rethought that because I think Dan would have called with that. But but anyway, that, that idea, like what you said, Taylor, sorry, I, I derailed it, but you know, that that you know, all of a sudden my tournament was defined by that hand yeah, yeah. as I lost whatever twelve out of my twenty K stack, mm -hmm. you know, triple barreling at this Queen High. 
No, and I have that happen to me all the time where, you know, I just don't want to give up on a hand. I keep barreling and then ruin my tournament over it. Yeah. Whereas if I could have just stepped back and said, hey, I took my steal attempt. Right. It failed. Then they everyone checked me. I had another chance at it. I went for it again. It failed again. All right, now I have to just take this as a sign. I'm going to back off. I'm going to check down. You win. Just give them credit. And yeah. Whatever. yeah. Which is hard because I... I it feel I feel yeah. like it shows so much weakness, <laughs> yeah. but maybe yeah. That's um, why. That's why when I just play just wrap the table next time and say you beat my kings. <laughs> you showed ace three, yep. and then you muck it. Muck it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that very good. Yeah, my kings are, <laughs> kings are no good. Kings here. are no good, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, when I I've never had any really good tournaments that I played a really aggressive on. All the tournaments I play. I have played that way where I'm just betting out, betting out, keep betting out. I am out before the first break. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of tournaments that have played that way and it's not worked out for me. I don't know why. So now when I go to every tournament, I gotta remind myself to just be patient. Mm -hmm. Be patient. Be patient. If I if I'm not patient, I'm not I'm not in the tournament. It doesn't matter if it's a home game or or playing a thirty dollar tournament at whatever a casino, I'm sitting there on the going, "What, what happened?" <laughs> well, I just had a ton of chips, now I got nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's you know, it, I, yeah, it can work out where you, you know, were being aggressive and then you hit cards right. and then you make a lot of right. chips. Exactly, and then but if you don't hit the cards and you're aggressive and the and you're playing against thinking players that know right. that you can't always have it. Right, mm -hmm. <laughs> they're well, gonna call you down with their ace three. Yeah. Right, <laughs> and Dan knows I'm willing to make that play. Right, as well. Yeah, yeah that's that, no, that's true. The opponents. Yeah, but yeah, and that's where it's like, okay, was I? I know I get married to hands. Was I? Was I married to that hand, trying not to lose that pot, or was that a positive EV play? You know, I mean, that, yeah, I'm not sure. And that, that's the question, right? We want to try and figure out here continuation betting. Yeah. When is it plus EV? When is it negative EV? Right. Get us back on track yeah. here. Yeah. 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 yeah, right? But, I mean, that's the whole point. And that was kind of part two of the question that I wanted to bring up was continuation bet. Okay, you throw out your continuation bet and they call. Whether they're on a draw, they have some sort of hand, mm -hmm. or they're just going to try and float you. On the turn, then, what is your next action? When do you give up? And under what circumstances do you give up? Or do you just keep firing? Mm -hmm. And I think that is a big part of my game. When people see that I continuation bet a lot, then they go, okay, well, I'll throw in the chips on the flop here and see what you do on the turn. Mm -hmm. Are you going to turn honest on the turn and you know check back, and then I can fire out on the river and try to take it from you? Yeah. And where is it a leak in your game if you're always checking back the turn when you don't have a hand and you're right. betting the turn right. when you do have a hand. Like, your continuation bet is supposed to disguise your hand whether you're strong or weak. But then if they call and then on the turn, all of a sudden, you're turning your cards face up and saying, hey, you know, I don't have anything or I do have something. Actually, I can benefit you by not having something once in a while for for further. I would imagine further if, if you're in that tournament longer, I would imagine. <laughs> it would benefit you, but as long as you didn't damage yourself too, too much at that point. So you're saying go ahead, see betting with nothing. Yeah, and then give up. Can, can create some equity. No, I just, wouldn't give up. Then uh, you're talking about a double barrel. Double on, barrel on, yes, on the turn. On the yeah. turn. And then, 
then, I, then after that, if, if he's going to, I'm going to um, make it look like that. I want him to bet out. So that he's more likely going to check back to me. And then that's more of a pot control. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that way you're not losing. If he's betting out, you know he's got a monster then, if that's the case usually. I bet you 90% of the time. It depends on the opponent. <laughs> it does, yeah, but, not, but I bet you 90% of the time, is, yeah, I bet you does. Yeah, especially the, especially the, the rec players that we are. Right. The players that we're playing against, if they're betting out on a river, they usually got it. Yeah, they usually got it. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I get that river bets are typically honest ones. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> no. Typically. Yeah. Unless it's Steve. <laughs> yeah, I know. Steve and I, I know. I'm just working. People on the listening to the podcast didn't notice the eye connection that Steve just had. And the, the smirk that we had afterwards of being honest on the river. Right. Because, and, but I think that is because I don't like to give up on a pot. Mm-hmm. And that's that I think is, is wrong thinking in a lot of places. So mm-hmm. you had said, okay, so where is it positive EV? I mean, almost to, to seabed. Yeah, I and think in betting in general is positive EV. But there, but to a point. But to a, yeah. And so maybe I'm slow, but I, I kind of missed like your. You don't have to give away your whole yeah, yeah. strategy, but like in general principles, you, you yeah. said board texture, but I need more a little more. Yeah. Like when you say like, what's a good, or what is it, what's that category of good situations to see bet, and what's that category of maybe that's a time to slow down. Yeah. So myself personally, when I see bet, I either have uh, a made hand. So say I have ace queen and it comes a queen high flop. Yep. That's a great time to see bet because you're disguising the other times that I'm going to talk about where I don't have a hand. Right. Um, if I have a medium strength hand, say I tried, you know, raising at it with jack nine suited and the flop comes king jack ten. Middle pair. Middle gotcha. pair, nothing great. Mm-hmm. I'm checking that back almost every time. That those middle type hands are when with the I'm, intention of check calling. Well, I'm assuming that I'm in position, position here. Oh, you if I'm out of position, it yeah. changes things a little bit. Okay, so in position, check, check. Check, maybe check. Out see of the position, turn maybe card. check, call, see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Typically. And then if I'm on a draw or I had completely missed the flop, that's when I will we'll also continuation back. Okay, so you categorize those the same. See, okay, so a draw I'm, or... On a draw and complete miss? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I see those as very different sort of things. Yeah, but do you continuation bet differently with those? I think draws are draws are an interesting thing for me. I think with nothing, I might see bet mm-hmm. um, unless I really just want to give up. But the the draws to me are an interesting one that I bet there's different opinions on. Like, do you bet a draw or do you take the free card? I on the flop, I'll bet it, mm-hmm. and then on the turn is when I kind of start to reevaluate my life and say, what did I get myself mm-hmm. into? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> after I, I miss my draw, well, you know, if I'm betting ninety percent of the time, obviously I'm betting my draws. Yeah, but I think there is some merit to taking a free card from time to time. Very well, you bet. It depends. That's basically pot control, then, uh, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Then you're controlling your losses, or well, also wins. You know, at least you're not. You're, you're still breaking in chips. You're not, mm-hmm. and you're not throwing your tournament away. At that point, either. Yeah. So. Part of it for me is I'm always worried about getting check raised as well. Right. So if I you know if I bet my you know people knowing for me if they know I'm going to see bet mm-hmm. a lot, all of a sudden it checks to me and I bet my draw and then somebody hammers it, where I'm like oh, I could have just had a free card. I don't know, Rob. You bet your draws. Mostly. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like that's yeah. well, we call that a semi bluff, right? Right, for sure. Because yep. if you miss entirely and yep. you see bet, that's a bluff. Mm-hmm. Right. Rob. Mm-hmm. Yep. Stone bluff. Stone bluff. Yeah. 
But if you have a if you have a draw outside, you know, straight draw or a flush draw, something like that, right? And you bet that's a semi bluff, right? Mm-hmm. If they call, you still have a lot of equity. Mm-hmm. So it's the good perfect time to yeah. bet and hope they fold. I, I do tend to agree. I mean, obviously, I'm betting ninety percent, so I'm betting my draws yeah. too. Yeah, you should bet your but, draws. But I'm usually betting just because well, I'm just c betting in general. Yeah. But I have, I mean, I've read some stuff and I've heard some, there is a school of thought out there that says, just take the free card. Yeah. But you guys, you guys disagree more than that. Well, I, I've got 50-50 on it, so yeah. I do either or. Yeah. And I think a lot of what you just said, when you throw out your C-bet and then you're kind of in that limbo of they raise you and you're not sure what to do, that's what I try and avoid. Right. And that's why I'll check my medium strength hands. Mm-hmm. But... The top nut hands that I have, you know, top pair, top kicker, if they raise me back, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know, let's go with that hand. Yep. If yep. I'm on that semi-bluff, I have a draw, I'm all right calling there. Because yep. then yep. the aggression goes to them, and if I hit my draw, they can bet, and I can hammer it on them on the turn or the river, river. and get a lot of chips in there. Yep. And if I've got air and they hammer it back at me, it's an easy fold for me. Yep. Very, yeah. So I try and stay away from those situations where... If we do throw out a continuation bet and they raise us, that I'm in a tricky spot. That's what I want to stay out of. So if you're if you're continuation betting with air and they come back at you, it's an easy fold. Yeah. So the Most only of time, the time, yeah, and that's that's a perfect perfect way of doing it. Yeah. Because if they check to you, and then you bet your continuation bet with air, mm-hmm. and they come back over the top of you, yeah, get rid of it right now. You don't. Go back over the top. Yeah, of well. say, right now, hey, I'm going. Well, they're going to play on me. That's my bot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. No, just get rid of it right yeah. then and there. They're yeah. telling you right then and there that they got you. They got a hand. They got a hand. Yeah. And if you don't have a hand, get the heck out. Yeah. But if, yeah. you, like you said, if it's a semi bluff on a straight draw or a flush draw, yeah, you can go ahead and call that that yeah. raise, that check raise. I mean, don't you feel confident though? Oh, like, yeah. say you know you put out 400 mm-hmm. chip continuation bet and they pop it to a thousand or whatever mm-hmm. then you only have to throw in 600 for your draw and now you know the aggressions on them they're not sure how to react back to you to you just calling right. so sometimes it goes check check and then you get to see two cards mm-hmm. you right. know the turn and the river mm-hmm. on your draw um, so i mean that's what i try and avoid is i don't want to be stuck in a weird situation if someone raises my bet yep Interesting. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Because yeah, I do have that idea that, okay, if, I don't know, I just, it, it's going after that pot. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, they bet they're just making a play. And I think part of that, this is where the mental game comes in for me too, but part of that is because I know how I play, which I'd be like, that's a great spot for them to raise. Because yeah. I would do that. People people see better, or, you know, I would check raise people all the time on a 10 high flop. If, if, you know, they bet pre and I called them out of position, I would check. They bet. I'm going to raise them big a lot of times. With I think, what? Who cares? <laughs> they, they've, they've got ace-king or ace-queen or king-queen or whatever they, they did their free-flop yep. thing with. You know, I'm saying, I know you're saying it yep. cares because what if it is a semi-bluff mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm just saying whatever because it's such a great way to re-raise them because now if they're sitting there with ace-jack, they're going, I don't know, can I continue for this price? And you win a lot of pots that way. So because I'm willing to do that, when I'm the guy in position and they check and I bet and they raise... I'm going, okay, 
Okay, you're doing what I, I you're doing do. what I would do. But clearly, that's what I would do. So I'm going to now put pressure back on you, and then they shove. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, because they're not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so I think there is there's something mental about that I've got to figure out. Well, maybe you and I were talking about earlier, Rob, just um, about that the willingness to give up pots. Like, mm-hmm. I'll I'll limp or I'll call a raise when I'm deep stacked pre flop with pocket threes, hoping to hit a set. Yeah. And if I don't hit it, I fold. No, you don't. But, yeah. Well, <laughs> well in, in joking, in, in general, you're right. There are times where I thought, dang it, I had an idea here. But, I mean, theoretically. Yeah. Theoretically, that's what and, you're thinking. And I do that quite a bit. Not always. But, you know, where, you know, you, you say, okay, I'm going to play these pseudo connectors, and the flop doesn't cooperate, and there's aggression, and you just, you give up. So I'm saying, I'm willing to put in chips there, and then just give up. Mm-hmm. It was worth the investment. Yep. Yep. But I'm way less willing to do that if I've shown aggression. Yeah. Like if I raise or if I see bet and then also the situation changes with a lot of other aggression, I'm less willing to give up on that. And I think that's a mental block or something where like I, I do feel more ownership now. Like yeah. or this this pride thing of Yeah, you're not gonna do that. You're not gonna walk over me. Yeah. You know. And I don't know. Like I said, I've struggled with this before, too, and I'm kind of wondering if you kind of go through it the same way that I used to, where I would throw in the raised chips, and then I would think in my head, okay, there's a decent chance this pot's going to be mine right now. Mm -hmm. And then you have that mentality that those chips are mine. Then someone calls, and then you get there again, and you're like, well, those chips are mine. My more are going in. Do you really want to fight for this? And then they say, Yeah, I do. Right. And then you're like, Oh, damn it. <laughs> <Right. No. laughs> totally. Yeah. Yep. I really didn't think you would want to fight for those. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, I I used to have that mentality too, and it's just kind of like you gotta think about big picture wise. Like, yeah, my opponent's not gonna get my chips unless I put them in the middle. Mm-hmm. And you get to choose when you put your chips in the middle. Mm-hmm. More so when you're in position, you can choose you know, how big the pot gets, uh, but you have to be willing to put your chips in there for your opponent to be able to get them from you. That's true. Yeah. And I always think about it the other way. Like, you got to put your chips in in order to win pots. True. Yeah. You know, but, which, of course, is true, but there is mm-hmm. that piece of it. And I feel like when I get to that final table, final two tables, I'm much more disciplined that way. Like, I'm going to make my chips hard to get. Yeah. Like, they're going to have to work for these. But there's something that happens earlier in the tournaments where I'm not. Uh, that's probably because you're trying to build that chip stack, where, yeah. you know, which everybody wants to do. Yeah, and I've had success in some cases doing that. So right. here's the path. Yeah. <laughs> so when are you gonna double barrel? Yeah. Yeah. Back to that. Uh, with an unmade hand, or with no, a made just hand? in general. By double barrel, you mean now we're talking turn. Turn, right. Yeah. You've yeah. done the, the continuation clock. bet. The guy yep. calls. Yep. When do you double barrel? Okay. Um, so a lot of my studying and thinking about this has gone to how many bets can I get out of my opponent with my certain strength hand. If I have a medium pair, I can get one bet out of them, maybe two. If I've got top pair, you know, that's a two bet hand or something like that and if I have a set you know it's usually you know however many bets I want to get so if I have top pair I'll usually double barrel on the turn if I have a medium pair uh, I think that's when I start to give up or you know go into check call mode or you know check turn see what they do on the river and either call or check Um, and then with my draws that's where I'm I feel confused still. Do I, I have a flush draw on the flop, 
I bet it, he just called. Then turn comes and it's complete blank. Doesn't help him or me. Do I fire out again? That's why I take a free card. Yeah. I take my free card on a turn. Because Not on the flop. You're just hoping that he doesn't show aggression there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because well, good players will all of a sudden check matter. the turn and they it, fire. It doesn't matter. If you take your free card on the turn, you're going to know on the river whether you hit or yeah, not. Yeah, but if and you bet, it, at least you have some fold equity. Yeah, you have your fold equity on the flop. So you're saying if they once they call a flop, they're not going. They're going to call the turn. You don't, they could. They could. But now I can take. I can take my free card on the turn. Here's a, if the guy yeah, has if, a, if the guy has a set. What's he going to do? He's going to check, right. call, check, raise. And then I'm going to be turn. sitting there on the turn. Yeah. And I'm going to be sitting there. I'm going to lose my opportunity to go after that straight or flush. But what if he's just floating you on the flop? Then that's fine. I still got a ton of equity in this hand. If he's floating, he's probably leading out on the turn. Well, let's say let's say you're out of, if you're out of position, though. I mean, you were saying yeah. take the free if, card. No, I'm, if you're out I'm of in position, position. It changes a lot. Okay, so you're in position. I'm in position okay. because he's checked me again so he, on the turn. Okay. Now I, I take the okay. free card. Yeah. yeah. Because now I know what's going to happen on the river. I'm going to know if I made it or not. So you're more Now I can choose if he checks to me again, I can choose at that time to bluff at it. Or if I've made my hand, then I bet it. Okay. Or fold it. Yeah. Yep. So you're much more concerned about being check raised the turn than you are the flop. Most people are going to try to Check raise on the turn. Yeah. With a big, with a big hand. hand. Yeah. With a double two pair or a set. Because you're gonna be more apt to call on the turn because you still have hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you still have another card to come. Versus on the, the river, there's the no flop, more cards. Versus yeah. the flop, they don't want to scare you off. Right. They want to see how much more they So they can just want get. to call the flop and then sure. turn is where they're gonna to try to build. Well, that's the, the way I play. Right, right, exactly. So you're yeah. you're thinking that I'm way. I'm thinking you're, in that in that you're, way too. You're playing yes. game theory optimal against yourself. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Interesting. That's so good. so yeah. In, in his case, you were talking about the double barreling. I think the I'm less apt to double barrel with a with a medium strength hand, like second pair, top kicker, something like that. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of hand I'm going to check down to try to get to a showdown. It's right. basically they call it showdown value. Right? Yeah, you got showdown control, value. Showdown yeah. value. Yeah. I'm more apt to double barrel if I have a made hand or air or semi bluff, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going to semi bluff on. I'm not going to double barrel semi bluff. Remember, oh, I'm going right. to semi bluff on the flop, right. and I'm going to check back on the turn because I want the free card. Okay. Okay. That's kind of where that's yep, kind of yep. where my that's kind of what I think in general, and obviously it it changes based on your opponent. Which shows you how much value there is in position. Mm-hmm. In all, I mean, even just those sorts of things, you're you have much more ability to control what happens on the turn. Right. In position. Yep. Carl, you what are you like a? Do you think of it in terms of like double barrel, triple barrel, or? Um, I I do about fifty fifty either way. I do I do a, I bluff on the on the turn sometimes and. Um, I already have a made hand also, so it's kind of 50. It depends on how the board is coordinated. It depends mm-hmm. on how aggressive the other person is, too. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm more of a person that's going to sit and wait for you to make a mistake. And that way I'm going <laughs> to... He's looking at me specifically. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to take a lot of chips Yes, you here. are. <laughs> Even for the podcast, you're sitting on my left. <laughs> <laughs> So that, I guess that's my theory. Is just yeah. uh, you know what I, I'm I, I'm okay checking all the way down 
be honest with you, I could check all the way through and um, and have and have the showdown where I'm comfortable enough to win the pot. Yeah, and whatever it is, whether it's one hundred or or five thousand in a pot. Hmm. So um, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with small pots. I'm okay with, you know, it's great to have large pots. It's it's fun to have those, mm -hmm. but. You know what ends up adds up at during the end of the tournament. Um, do I still have chips in front of me? Right. Yeah, large pots create variance. Yeah, exactly. one way or the other. Yeah. So I'm gonna let you guys talk about this further. I have to. It appears my wife has maybe run over a bunny on her way outside of the oh, no. of the driveway. She said there's some kind of a dead animal in our driveway. Uh oh. It looks like a bunny. So I'm gonna go do, take care of that before okay. other people arrive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys talk talk about whatever you want. But one thing I'd be curious in would be sort of how stack size factors into mm -hmm. all of this idea around, you know, bluffing, semi-bluffing, mm -hmm. taking free cards, all that kind of stuff. So, sure. well, you guys yeah. figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take care of dead bunnies <laughs> or whatever we have. Yeah, yeah I so, think a lot of what we're talking about with continuation betting so far has been assuming we have pretty deep stacks. Exactly. We're pretty yes. much, we, yeah. all of our options are open to us because we have enough chips. Mm -hmm. So yeah, as the chip, as the stack sizes change, obviously your um, willingness, your aggression, willingness to put more money in the pot is going to factor in more heavily on what kind of hand you have. Yeah, and I think the other thing that we haven't touched on, but is a huge factor with me, is how many people are in the pot, how many people called yeah. my bet pre-flop, yeah. and if it's you know four-handed on the flop, and I've don't have anything, I'm checking so often. There. Oh, yeah. I'm checking all the time. Yeah. If I get four players, yes. Very yeah. willing to just give up there. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that we started talking about was, you know, stack size. And I think it's also, like, stage of the tournament. In the beginning part, I'm, you know, willing to give up on hands, just try and, you know, hit something big and then get value from it instead of trying to take a pot down for you know, four big blinds when the blinds are twenty five fifty right. with my ace king on a missed flop or whatever it is. But then in the middle stages I think it gets really important to see bet because people start getting into that I don't have as many big blinds as I used to. I'm gonna be playing tight yep. and then you can kind of extract that value from them. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. Yep. Yeah. So uh I'm curious as to how you guys would approach a you're on the bubble situation or near the bubble and stack sizes are small. Someone calls your pre-flop raise, you miss the flop. How often are you continuation betting there? Or are you, you know, giving up and saying, you know, I'm going to play my hand face up. If I've got a hand, I'm going to bet. If I don't, I'm going to give up because I don't want to bust here. I'm probably the last guy you want to ask. I made a lot of bubbles, <laughs> or not? I was the bubble guy a lot. Um, yeah, I, I I've been my bubble. The, I've been I've been bubble boy <laughs> many many yeah. times. Yeah. So, <laughs> but my I guess um, a lot of time, well something like that. It, I'm just gonna be uh, if I'm in a hand, I have to be aggressive just to get chips to stay in the tournament mm -hmm. or stay in to make the money. It's just. Uh, uh, your variance is still going to be, you know, every chip you get from then on is very important to get past the bubble. So um, I guess I want to be aggressive. If I'm going to be in a hand, I'm going to be aggressive. If 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 I'm if I'm not, I'm just going to fold. Yeah. 
For me, it's, it's going to be dependent on how many chips I have, how many big blinds I have. Yeah. I'm going to make a decision be pre-flop, before I raise, about how I'm going to approach the hand after the fact. Mm -hmm. um, so if I've got ace-king, for instance, and I've got 25 big blinds, I'm not going to have a problem you know, raising two and a half big blinds on the bubble. And if I do get a call, I will probably continuation bet most of those with another five big blinds, right? Say I get one caller, they check to me, I go back in. I'm going I'm to continuation bet probably 100% of the time in that situation, whether I'm hit or miss. Mm -hmm. And if I don't, if they come back at me or call at that point in time, I'm, now I'm playing it face up mm -hmm. because I can't afford to lose any more chips okay. unless I hit. Yeah. And one thing that's huge for me that I was wondering if you guys would say the same thing is... Uh, the chip dynamic between myself and the opponent. Mm -hmm. If I've got a big stack, I'm going to be hammering away at a shorter stack and putting pressure on them. And if I have a short stack, even if I have ace-king and I'm going up against a big stack, I'm going to be super careful against them because they have that ability to put pressure on you. If yep. you seat bet for them and they just shove on you all in, then what are you going to do? Right. Throw up in your mouth, right? Throw up in your mouth first. <laughs> yeah, it's about it. yep. And then say, well, I got ace king. I better call. <laughs> I better call. Right? Yeah. He could be doing this with anything. Well, yeah. that's it. Any two cards. And I've seen that happen many times. Yep. Where they'll call you with a 6-7, uh, whether it's suited or not. Yep. Mm -hmm. If and they so, have the big stack. They and they have the big and, stack. And you can't hurt them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that is a piece of this formula that you need to consider as well mm -hmm. in the early stages you know you get in there and it's like okay we're all 100 big blinds deep it doesn't matter we're just playing to get as most as many chips as we can right right uh but then as it gets later you're kind of playing for your tournament life and then i think your your idea and your ideal situation to continuation bet changes you want to be applying pressure to shorter stacks and staying away from bigger stacks, mm -hmm. if possible. See, my problem is once I start being aggressive, I don't really want to stop. <laughs> that's that's the hard. Well, that, that's, uh, you know, I guess I do know when my chips are gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it just it, once I get started being overly aggressive, it just seems to pinwheel. You know, and I'll, well, then I fall into Steve's category. I just don't know when to stop, or I just keep. Whether I have it or not, I'll just keep betting out there just to try to get you off the hat because I want that pot. It's my pot. So that's so why. I, so at the more, you do that more in the bubble than you do early on. Oh, the, big time, yes. Okay. Definitely. That's why you've been bubble boy so often. Oh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but I've also made the final table half the time, right. too. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hello. You don't mind the girl in the other room. <laughs> you don't know that's my daughter. We just removed the bunny from the driveway. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to go into a hand situation? Kind of talk about continuation betting with this hand? Yeah, we got like maybe 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, Perfect. Let's, let's do it. Okay. okay. Um, so this hand situation comes from me, a hand that I played recently. It was the same tournament that uh, Steve triple-barreled with Queen-9. And when I came over, you had a big stack. You had like 60K early. Yeah, I tripled up early. I got lucky, but then uh, it kind of dwindled away. So when this hand comes through, we're at the middle stages. About 70, 75 people entered that tournament. There's around 40 left. Um, we have a stack of, I think it's just over 50,000. So we're in a good spot. 
Um, it's above average. Average would be 40 ish, mm-hmm. just under 40. Um, we just moved to this table, uh, but we do. We were sitting next to this table before, and we heard the people behind us talking, and a lot of those people just played a big tournament uh, at Running Aces and had success there. So mm-hmm. we know we're going into a table with experienced players. Um, this is about our third hand or so, and we're in middle position, and we get dealt the Ace of Diamonds, Jack of Clubs. Offsuit. Off it folds to us, and we're in the cutoff, I believe. Do you know uh, what the blinds are? Uh, the blinds are 400-800 with a 100 ante, and we're playing nine-handed at this point. Okay. So we got 60 bigs, give or take. Yep. Okay. Yep. So we have a decent stack. Mm-hmm. Um, folds to us. There are two short stacks immediately to our left. The button has a medium stack, probably right around average, maybe just under. Small blind is a short stack, and the big blind is a big stack. Probably has 60K like us as well. What's the small one stack, roughly? Uh, it's shorter? fairly small. It's probably just over 20. Okay. So to at least think about what do we do if they shove or yep. something. Yep, yep, Okay. Why? And it's folded to you? Folded to us. We're the first in the pot if we exact. want to be. Yeah, but I'm going to open 100% of that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. 2,000. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm there, too. All right. We, we opened a 2,000. Folds around to the big blind, who completes, and we go to a flop. Okay. Um, so then the flop comes out, and we have the seven of diamonds, the three of hearts, and the seven of spades. So we have ace-jack offsuit. We see a pair of sevens and a three on the board. It's a rainbow. Big blind checks, and it's on us. I love that flop. I love that flop, too. <laughs> That's a great flop for us. Yes. That okay. is a great flop for us. I bet. I would bet also. Probably yeah. 50-60% of the pot. Okay, so are you taking into account the antes there too? So we yeah. put in 2,000 mm-hmm. pre. Um, he also put in 2,000 pre. You have the 400 from the small blind plus 900 in antes. So 5,300. So 53, you're saying, yes. you know, 25-ish? I'm going to probably bet probably 28 to 3. 3,000. 2,800 to 3,000. Yeah. Oh, 3,000. Okay. And this is like, this. I know this sounds like... I'm being contrarian, but like this is actually one of those spots that I might check. Okay. One, it might be one and of the rare situations. And what makes you say that? Because I, I want this conversation. This is you yeah. know the type of situation that I'm in there, and I'm thinking about this. Do I bet? Do I check? Yeah. Just because it's 5000 how much do I want to put in? But it's also, like, I think I'm ahead here. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I mean, so am I betting for value? I'm afraid of the re-raise. I don't know. I, I probably, at the end of the day, I probably would still bet this out. <laughs> You're betting but, for value because you can get a lot of value on a guy sitting there with king queen. Right. But I'm also disguising yeah, my hand against somebody who's maybe going to now start firing the turn in river and well, get some value there. See, I'm going to find out where I sit. Actually, I'm going to find out if I have a, if he has yeah. a pair in his hand. Yep. If I bet, if I bet and he calls, he's going to have a, uh, at least a pair in his hand. What if he raises? Huh? What if he raises? And if, this again, I'm thinking of playing myself. If he re-raises, then I'm going to have to give up the hand, which is yeah. fine. Oh. I'm okay with giving up that pot. Yeah. But I'm in the, I think I'm ahead of so much of his range here that I don't want right. to give up the hand. If you're ahead of his range, what you want to do is you want to bet and have him call. Yeah. That's how you get value. Right, but I'm yes. worried about a re-raise. 
if he yeah, so, I'm worried about tornadoes. Well, I'm worried about hurricanes. Okay. I'm worried about car accidents. Well, so would you bet stuff fold, happens? Would you bet fold that then? If you bet and they they raise, would you fold Ace Jack there? I could, yeah, yeah. I could bet fold that. Mm-hmm. I could definitely. Yeah, I'm just looking at it from an equity perspective. I think I'm it depends on who the player is. Mm-hmm. Who's oh, the player? Of course. Yeah. yeah. If it's yeah. Blake Bond it, sitting there, it's and he re-raises true. you. What are you gonna do? It's someone. Ship it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you if go. it's if it's Joe Blow calling station from our normal everyday yeah. tournament, what are you gonna do? Yeah, then I'll fold probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I don't know. I mean, I just said I continuation bet all the time. It's just it's just that's one of those things, and I might be a little bit scared of a weird seven. I know, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. you can't play that way. Okay. To answer your question, I know it, it does come into play. This is one of the guys that was talking about his deep run in the recent tournament and someone that I peg as a competent player. Okay. So mm-hmm. I do think this guy is going to make good decisions and not kind of be like eh, all over the okay. place. Right. Yeah. If I bet, I'm probably thinking I bet here and then I'm just going to check down all the way after that. Okay. Check call down or something. Well, I'm going to make I'm going to put the bet out there. I'm going to find out where I'm at. This is where I find out where I'm at. If, mm-hmm. you know, maybe had a, uh, went in with those uh, suited connectors or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 8-7 or 6-7. Right. And if he has, you know, 8-7 maybe. And part of it is I, I know if he's if he stays in the hand, whether, I mean, I don't know if he would just completely flow with air out of the position, but because it's such a, it's not a very connected board or whatever, it's not like a draw-heavy board, mm-hmm. if he continues, he's got a made hand. In most cases, mm-hmm. I mean, what's he going to continue with here? Anything That's not made? Anything like Queen Jack? If he's a continue? if he's a competent player, Queen Jack would continue. If he's a competent player, he's looking at you saying, "Well, I'm I can I can get this guy in the turn. Well, then he should re-raise, or me. I can get this guy in the river. Okay, he's going to float out of position. Out of position, sure. Why not? If there's, I've played against a lot of players that think that they are the you know sure the the best thing that ever happened to poker. Right. Right. And they're gonna they're gonna look at you like, well, I can outplay this guy, mm-hmm. and they can float they can float with anything. Okay, okay. Yeah. And I've seen that happen many times. I mean, I've won some showdowns where I shouldn't even have been in the hand, mm-hmm. but I knew that the guy was just gonna try to try to outplay me. Okay. And if he's gonna do that, then he could do that with air. So I just generally think the only thing that's gonna call me here is something better than my hand. No, there's a lot of hands that are gonna call you that are worse okay. than your hand. Yeah. Okay. A lot of hand. Anybody with ace ten is gonna call, aren't they? Ace nine. Wouldn't they? Are they? What are they? What you are they would? putting you on? <laughs> Something better than he's not. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. Are they? I don't know. I would re. I, if I had ace nine, if I decided to play it out of position, I would re-raise. I wouldn't just call. And then you'd fold your ace jack if somebody re-raised you. Probably. That's way too tight. Maybe. Way maybe. too tight. That's kind of the book on me. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> no, this, is, this is good. This is this is good. Yeah, I mean, no, this is this is exactly a what good I was discussion. To get out of it. And I'm just thinking, what are they going to call me with? And instead of if I just disguise it a little bit, if I just check down or say I've got some showdown value, I'm going to in, incent them to bluff, you know, with their king queen queen jack that sort of stuff that I'm ahead of, and I'm willing to call down. Versus yeah, but those I, are the kind of hands that are going to call you on the flop. Right? I see. I just don't think they. I didn't think they. I don't think they would. I think they will. These a player like that would. Yeah, a player like that would. They could have five, a five, six right there. But yeah. would you? But queen jack. Somebody in the blind would call call me with queen jack on that flop if I continuation bet. Sure, he feels like he's still on the hand yet. He's still. He's got two uh, overs. He, he still feels like he's got a 50-50 shot to hit his card yet, where you don't hit yours. Okay. See, and I would fold queen jack there. So that's maybe again you're you. This is why it's a big blind. Yeah. When you have the same chip stack as the guy who raised from the cutoff, 
perfect position. Everybody falls to the cutoff. You, ra- you I would raise. call preflop. That's what I mean. But I wouldn't, call call pre- I wouldn't call a continuation bet with Queen Jack here. That's called a float. It is called a float. That guy, is, that guy is going to float. But I'm saying I, I wouldn't out of the blinds. I know. And so then I assume that they're not going to out of the blinds. There, that's yeah, the rub right there. Yeah, for that's sure. That's the yeah. rub. Because you're always playing against yourself. What would I, you know? I'm not they're playing against the guy. Because well, there's guys <laughs> that are going to call with anything. <laughs> waiting. To, their calling yeah. stations are going to call with anything. Yeah. All the way down. Yep. All right, Taylor. Go what's to the right play? answer, Taylor? <laughs> so <laughs> what was the consensus that we're going to bet out here? Yes. That's yeah, what it sounded like initially. I'm going to bet out twenty-five to 3000 Okay. Let's say we bet yep. 2700 then. Okay. Um, big Blind thinks for maybe a few seconds and throws in the calling chips. Okay. So, um, again, we have Ace-Jack offsuit. The board is Seven of Diamonds, Three of Hearts, Seven of Spades. And the turn card comes, and it is the Nine of Clubs. <laughs> the Big Blind uh, fairly quickly checks it to us. This is where I'm going to take the my 50-50, either a continuation and not give up on the pot, or I just check it down to take a free card. Yeah, if, I mean, if I bet that flop, I would bet this turn. Okay. If I decided to take that aggressive line where I bet, I open pre, I open on the flop, I'm probably going to continue to tell that story. I don't think, if I if I gave up and sort of just played pocket control, I probably would have done it on the flop. I think once I show two streets of aggression, I probably... Fire again. Again, it depends on the player a little bit, but I, I think I fire again because if I think they could be floating. Okay, so we started with 60,000, 60, and yeah. so far we've put in about five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, roughly. yeah five, like 13 000. or something. Or we, How big was the pot now? Yeah, it was uh, 53 before, I think right, we so said. We put so in 27, so, so, so 10, 6. Yeah, yeah. So okay, 10, so, so we've got about uh, 50. <laughs> 53,000, 54,000 chips yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably double barrel this. Mm-hmm. I'd show them that I have an overpair. Keep telling that story. I'll tell the story that I got an overpair. If I don't, if I just decide to check, then I'm pretty much telling myself I'm going to check call the river. Okay. With almost any river card that comes. Right, right. So if you check and he bets, what do you do? Well, we're in position. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah right. If we we're check, we're seeing this turn. Right. Yeah. Right. Are you going to call anything yeah. on the river? Because what? You, pretty much. I mean, what, I'm willing to change, but I think pretty much, like, I, if I think my ace jack is good, if I'm, if I'm, the question is, why am I checking the turn? Am I afraid that I'm beat? You know, why, why would I check? I mean, if I, or am I checking because I think I have showdown value here, and I just want to control the pot? You know, if I think I'm good on mm-hmm. the turn, that means I'm going to be good on right. almost every river. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I would probably bet out, and if I don't improve, call, check or call on the river. So what I'm saying is, I'm looking at what am I going to do, based on what he does. Right. So if I bet out on the turn and he raises me, what am I going to do? Right. Then that's 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 an argument for checking. I'm going to probably <laughs> fold. You're folding before his chips get in there, right? Exactly. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. I'm going to fold before the chips get in there. Okay. But I probably would, I probably, given that I barreled on the flop, I probably would barrel on the turn. Okay. And you can barrel on a turn and still have plenty of chips. Chips. Sure. Yeah. And yes. fold. I mean, you can yeah, barrel and fold. 5K or whatever, right. you're still at 
Right. Uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't even put it in that much. I'd probably just put a 4K in. Or, okay. Or I might put, yeah, half. I might put a... Three and a half. Maybe, a little, yeah. A little bit more. 30% of the yeah. pot, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So you go down in your bet size. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the bet size will still be up from the previous bet, but, but it's a, right, a smaller of percentage of the pot. Because you feel like you'll get the information you need? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So can I go back, you know, five minutes into our, well, not even that, three minutes into our discussion when we were talking about on the flop, Rob's talking about how I'm going to bet and there's a decent chance he's going to float and then I'm going to fire again on the turn. And he's still doing that. Mm -hmm. Before you said, if I bet here and he calls, he probably has some sort of hand and that's when I'm going to like slow down. Right. But then you get to this part and you say, I bet the flop. Now I'm going to bet the turn again. Because what I makes think, you think? Because I think I'm committed to telling that story. Okay. That's what it is. I, I do think he might have a made hand. Mm -hmm. You know, he might have like sixes or something like that. But if I'm going to bet the flop, then I think I'm going to keep that story going. Okay. That that's you're you're right. I mean, if I think he's got a made hand, but I do think if I'm going to if I've decided to show strength, I'm going to keep showing strength. Yeah. If I've decided I'm going, this is the story I'm going to tell. I want to at least tell the story for another street and see if he believes me there. Yep. See, I would take I would take another card here, but if I'm going to bet, if I if I, if I feel like I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet the 3,000, 3,500, just a continuation of that. But, more, you know, 50% of the time, I'm going to take that free card. Are you checking because you think you're beat, or are you checking because you think you have total value and you're just I, think, the the I just want to control the size of the pot. But you still, no regular, you still might be ahead. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah I mm -hmm. still have short on value no matter what. It just, I do I want the pot to be out of control, but uh, out of control... Or I'm losing a bunch more chips if I don't get my card. Or mm -hmm. um, or he may have a situation where he does have a 7 and an A7. You know, people call you with A7 all the time. You know, or A9. Yeah, out of the blinds. Yeah, yeah. out of blinds. A3. Yeah, even, yeah, even <laughs> yeah. A3. So I'm, I'm going to try to keep the, the, uh, the pot smaller to where I still have uh, my chips in front of me yet uh, where... You're all of a sudden lose fifty percent of your pot, uh, chip stack mm -hmm. all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. You know, just because you may have some showdown value. Mm -hmm. Why? Why would you just because maybe you have showdown value? Did you say what you did yet, or you say? I, I have not said yet, okay, but yeah, I wanted okay. to bring up one more yep. question for the group before we get to what our actual action is going to be, and that's what's our plan on the river? Mm -hmm. Our my plan is to call down to check check call. To call if he bets out on the river. If I'm barreling the turn, I so, get called. Yeah. So we're essentially, we're not going to bet out on the river. Not, not. I mean. Unless you improve. You know, honestly, even if Nazer Jack comes, I'm not sure how good I feel. Mm -hmm. I think I'm, I think I'm checking, check calling down. So it depends on what he does. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know it does, but like, you should have a plan if you're yeah. going to bet out, right? You, sh If you're going to yeah. bet this turn, you should know what you're going to do if they call your turn bet. Depends what card comes up next. Mm -hmm. If if I feel like he's playing, uh, um, this is where I'm, I'm feeling what the guy is doing. How his body reactions going, his mm -hmm. his mannerisms, his uh, how fast he's a lot of, a lot of things come into play here. But you know he may be just coming in with a king queen. Um, if a king queen comes up there, well, um, I'm thinking he's got more of a more of that type of hand than. Um, he may think I have maybe ace king or something too also, but you know, I'm gonna let him sit I'm gonna let him dictate the next card. If he bets out, you know, pretty strong or whatnot, well I'm probably beat. 
So the queen comes and he bets. Yeah, you're you're probably beaten. Mm-hmm. So then I'm just gonna fold it away. I'd be more scared of an eight. <laughs> well, they have that too. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a coordinated. It's starting to become a coordinated board. So, yeah. yeah if uh, if I double barrel, if I put the money in on the on the turn, depending on the last card, more than likely it's just going to be. I'm just going to check back. If he checks, um, if he bets and I don't improve. I'm going to have a decision to make, mm-hmm. and it's going to be dependent on how much he he bets. If he's a thinking player, he might bet a little less than half pot to make it seem like he's just trying to extract you know mm-hmm. more value out of me. But you know, it's 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 going to be a decision that I'm going to make mm-hmm. after seeing that card yeah. on the river. But I'm more than likely going to fold to a bet. And I'm going to check back if he checks to mm-hmm. me, unless yeah. I improve. If I improve with a jack, I'm definitely betting out. Really, you wouldn't just check that down? I wouldn't check a jack down. But 8-10 doesn't out. scare you? No. Things like, no. no, I mean, that's it's in so his range, does, obviously. Yep. but Because you don't think he would check that. Yeah. Right. He would leave that out if he had a 7 or If he has or... pocket 8s, pocket 10s, pocket 6s, he might still think he's good. Right. And I could get some value out of those types of hands. Yeah. He's not going to, obviously, he doesn't have pocket jacks. He doesn't have pocket queens. He doesn't have pocket kings. We would have heard from him by now yeah. if he had any of those hands. So there's a lot of hands that he could actually call a bet on the river if I hit a jack. So I would do that. Otherwise, I'd probably just check it back. Okay. Um, so in this situation, what is our consensus of what we're going to do here on the turn? <laughs> I, I bear I I bear all the turns. So you say bet. Yep. yep. I'm gonna the way the hand is right now. I'm probably gonna check it. I'm gonna bet. Okay. I so, got enough chips. I can bet. <laughs> <laughs> Too many chips in drill. In this situation, <laughs> if I don't have enough chips. I don't bet. I just. Um, give I up. decided to check. So that's away from the consensus here. You um, can, did you continuation bet? Did you continuation bet? Oh yeah, I bet yep. the flop. Okay. I bet the flop. I checked the turn here. Um, mm-hmm. So, in this situation, we're going to go with my action, sorry. Okay. But we decided to check the nine of clubs. Um, so, the board is uh, seven of diamonds, three of hearts, seven of spades, nine of clubs, and then the river is the ace of hearts. <laughs> and not long after the ace hitting the river, our opponent bets out for 5,000 chips. I reluctantly call. I would just call. I call. There's no reason to raise. Reluctantly? Right, reluctantly call. Okay. No, I would, We're never I would, raising? I wouldn't raise. I would, I would just call. I would not raise. No, I would just call. Are we ever folding? No. Not, 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 not against five, not a $5,000 bet. No. no. Never okay. folding. Never folding. I don't. And I don't I'm there's no way I'm I could fold that. I'm not raising. I'm not folding. What's beating me? Ace, queen, ace, queen, ace, ace king, king. But we would have well, probably seven, heard from them pre flop. Or ace seven. Ace seven, ace nine, ace three. Yeah. Pocket threes, pocket nines. Ace yes. three doesn't beat us anymore. No. no. Oh, that's ways. right. There's sevens are out there. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm just calling. Yeah, I'll call. Okay. No raise. No well, raise. Call. You all feel just fine call. with it? Yeah. Right. I, I, I'm, it's reluctant for me. All right. Yeah. Um, so, then the big blind flips over his hand and tables four seven of yeah, clubs gross. for uh, yeah. flop trips. Gross. Nice. So Boo. He, <laughs> he sat with us the whole way and saw the ace on the river and took us to Value Town. Yep. 
And did you call for him. or what did you no, do? Oh, yeah. I guess you just, I just called. called just yeah. 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 But I think it's... Uh, I think you lost the minimum. Yes. Yeah. By checking the turn. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you ought to heard from... We would have heard from him on the turn by betting the turn. Yeah. We would have bet our money, which was like three to four thousand is what we were talking about. He probably would have came over the top of us at that moment. Or does time, he just call? We, maybe. He I might, think he just calls. He given just this calls. opponent, he's very confident. Mm-hmm. He knows anything that we have is well below well what behind. he has. Well, right. behind. Except, yeah. well yeah, the only thing that's going to beat him is uh, uh, trip nines. Yeah. So, uh, but can you put us on one specific hand? I don't think no, so. No. I think he it won't. makes a lot of sense for him to just call there and yeah, it does. But he get could. More value he was dreaming an ace still. would come. I mean, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's the magic card. No, he saw the ace and he took us to value town. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the the big interesting decision is on that turn there. You know, do we continue out with that nine? Um, my, I know I wasn't giving my opinion on this, but my thought with the nine was uh, it does nothing to our hand range and does a decent amount to his hand range. Yeah. Either he was made on the flop or a lot of the hands that he will float with just hit there. And if he was floating, I expected him to bet out at me on the turn, and he didn't, which made me really scared of what he was actually holding. Yeah. And I figured if he didn't have anything, he was just bluffing. My ace jack is ahead of everything there. Yeah. So yeah. if I bet out on the turn, my opinion was I'm only getting called by better hands than me, and everything worse than my hand is folding. Mm-hmm. So my bet accomplishes nothing. So which is kind of my mentality on the flop. You took it to the turn first, yeah. and kind of used it because there's one more card to go. Because yeah. I wanted the information on the flop. Yeah. My continuation bet gave me information about his hand. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the turn, that's when I said, okay, I've got my information. I feel fairly confident I know where I'm at, and I'm fine, you know, checking down from here. And he was super frustrated that you checked the turn. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but then the ace came out on the river, and he right. was like, oh, Dream vindicated. Card. For sure, yeah. 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 Well, it, was, it still was only 5K, so it's... Yeah, it wasn't a huge hand, but I think it goes into that, you know, when do we give up? Mm-hmm. Nothing here improved us except for on the river, and then they bet at us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I folded kings before on a, before the flop. I folded uh, tens and whatever else beforehand uh, when I've been re-raised. You know, you, it just depends on how I feel. You get sometimes you just know you're behind and you just have to give it up. And depending on where you're in the tournament too, mm-hmm. I folded fives, nines. You know. Um, I was tired of being the bubble guy. <laughs> <laughs> but in this spot with a deep enough stack, you can deep enough stack justify the call I, there. Like I said, I would have called and or, yeah. or checked and then called if he bet the yeah. bet the river. Because, you know, there's only a couple of hands that's gonna beat me here. Mm-hmm. And it just he it was he played it well. Mm-hmm. Well, give him kudos for it, you know. Mm-hmm. We're calling pre-flop with 7-4. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he's in the big blind. Yeah, it was a cheap call. <laughs> yeah, with the antis, right. it made complete yeah. sense with that's yeah, why yeah. right there. Yes. That's why you play that stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, any uh, any final words before we wrap up here? I would have lost a lot more money on this hand than Taylor yeah. did. <laughs> Taylor just wanted to tell us how great he played it. <laughs> 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 Look at me, I lost 10k chips right. in a hand. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Where it could have been, uh, could have been all the chips too. Yeah. So, but then again, you only have Ace Jack up right. until the river, right. and you finally exactly. get a pair. Brian, you just jumped. Any 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 words of uh, any words of wisdom there before we wrap up? Oh, I've had that happen to me plenty of times. <laughs> <laughs> see, I think you played it well. Just brought back all these well, flashbacks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you would have had eights, you would have got the same. Uh, you would have got the same but, value. But you're going to get good players play those types of hands for sure all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm all right with I that mean, though. The better the tournaments, the more you're going to see that kind of stuff. If it's suited, you know, semi-connectors like right. that, yeah. they stay in. Mm-hmm. Well, especially for, in the big blind for a small yeah. raise. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. All right, well, let's wrap up there. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Taylor, for the example. Yep, thanks. All right, guys, thanks for the discussion. That was a fun day. We talked about that stuff, played a little cards, had a little fun on that day. Uh, also, just wanted to give you guys a quick uh, update. I know several of you have asked about how it went for me out in Las Vegas. I uh, just got back from Vegas as I'm putting together this uh, this podcast. Uh, sort of mixed results. Uh, went out there with a few guys. We ended up playing a lot of the daily tournaments at the casinos, uh, not part of the World Series of Poker. So Planet Hollywood, the Rios, the $60, $80, $100 tournaments. And I'm really finding out that, that that what used to be my sweet spot for those is really not my sweet spot anymore. Uh, the the strategies that I, I take on when I'm playing a little bit higher level games don't always work for, for those games. Um, I'm always surprised by certain things that people do uh, that you don't normally see in the games that I enjoy playing more now. Uh, you see a lot of limping with aces and that sort of thing. And frankly, I just had a lot of negative variants. Uh, boy, I got my pocket aces cracked a couple times. Uh, once by ace-king, once by pocket-queens, both in really big spots. Uh, but with that said, I had a couple of nice deep runs uh, in the daily 235, the daily 185. I cashed both of those, getting to the final three or four tables and really putting myself in a position uh, to to make an even deeper run. But those were nice caches uh, as they were, and I ended up cashing three out of, I believe, the 15 tournaments that I played. Uh, two of the other ones were bounty tournaments. I picked up a few bounties in each of those. Uh, paying for most of those tournaments. So I had a decent run, um, ended up down for the summer, uh, for the for the time that I played, primarily because I played the marathon and uh, and ran into some really difficult uh, variants there, and that was the big high-dollar tournament, so I lost that, uh, bringing my overall numbers down. But just a quick update for how I did in Vegas. Had a blast. I would do some things differently. I learned a ton, took a ton of notes that I plan on incorporating into my game as we go forward. And I'll try to share some of those in upcoming episodes and integrate those into conversations that we have with others. So thanks for those of you who were supporting what I was doing out in Vegas uh, for financially backing me, but also just the encouraging words that you gave. Uh, some good results, some mixed results, uh, but I had a great time uh, road tripping out there. Nice 27 hours of driving each way with some buddies of mine. Uh, and just had a really good time enjoying that as well. So with that, that's the end of this episode, and we will catch you next week. Thanks once again to Running Aces and Forest Lake uh, for their great support. They are the official sponsor of the Rec Poker Podcast. Great card room, great people. Check it out. Thank them for supporting Rec Poker. See you later.